Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words that you have prophesied and bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. But listen now to this word that I speak in your hearing and to the hearing of all people. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine, and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesied to speak, when the word of that prophet comes true, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. Amen. Thanks be to God. For I am persuaded that your steadfast love is established forever. You have set your faithfulness firmly in the heavens. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Lord. 
Lord and Savior. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 10th chapter. Jesus said to the twelve, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous, and whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple. Truly, I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite the congregation to be seated and the children to come up for the children's sermon. Good morning. Now, I remember maybe seeing some of you all here last time I was here, which has been a little while, but I don't remember any names. When I count to three, you all tell me your names, all right? One, two, three. Aaron. Got it. All right. So today is an interesting day. Jesus talks about people giving a cup of cold water to little ones. And I think this, this idea of, of giving a cup of cold water is a neat idea. Why might we give someone a cup of cold water? So they have water. That's a good thing, right? Why else might we give someone a cup of, of, of water? Why, why would we do that? To be nice. To be nice. Yeah, what are, we, what are we showing when we're nice like that, where we give them something that they need? Love. We're showing love. And what would you say? Nice. You say gift? Nice? Yeah? We're showing love. One of the things that Jesus teaches us is that we are called to love everybody. Now, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes that's a little bit hard for me. You know, I'm a big brother, so I had a little brother. Any big brothers in here? Any little brothers in here? Any little sisters or big sisters in here? Sorry, I realize we have not only brothers, but we have sisters in here too, right? So for those of y'all who are big brothers or big sisters, does your little brother or little sister ever get on your nerves? It's, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Is it, for those of y'all who are little brothers or little sisters, do your big brothers or sisters ever get on your nerves? Y'all are, y'all are looking to see if it's okay to say yes. I know the answer. You know, but sometimes people don't act very lovable, do they? They act mean and they can say things that hurt our feelings and they can, they can do things that hurt like hit us. I know not in your families, but sometimes I used to hit my little brother and I always got in trouble for it. You know, or, or sometimes when we're at school, you know, we have people who we're friends with, right? And we have those people who we're not friends with. And sometimes our group of friends kind of hates another group, right? Because they do whatever it is they do that makes them bad. And, and we can pick any reason because we typically do. And, you know, it's, but it, Jesus tells us to love those people over there that we hate. What's it look like at school to, to love people that we don't get along with? What, might that, what, what things might you do to, to show the love of Jesus to people you don't get along with at school? Share with them. 
Yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? What else, what else could we do? What if our friends are picking on them? Um, you could say, stop, no, this isn't necessary. Oh. Yeah, stop, no, this isn't that. Ne- yeah, any of those things work. You know, and one of the, one of the biggest things we can do, in, including that, is not pick on them too, right? That was one of the things when I was your age, it was hard for me because I wanted to be liked and I have a really smart mouth and I could get in trouble because I was good at picking on people. And I had a teacher tell me one day that, you know, when I did that, it could really hurt their feelings. And I was, for whatever reason, that was one of the things that stuck with me. And then I remember in church, you know, the pastor telling me about love and asking the question, you know, if we pick on people, are we showing love? And I realized, no, picking on people isn't showing love, is it? What about, what about people who are different than us? Sometimes people who are different than us scare us, right? People who might be from other neighborhoods, other countries, other religions. You know, does God call us to love those people too? Yes. Yeah. And so that means treating them with kindness, treating them with respect, treating them the way God treats us. Not because they're like us necessarily, but because they're people who God loves. What it means to be someone who brings a cup of cold water to a little one. A little one doesn't always mean size or age. Sometimes little means the person who's getting picked on. Sometimes little means the person who's not able to defend themselves. Sometimes little means somebody who's from someplace else and doesn't really have the same things that we have because we're from here. Sometimes little means that they're just somebody who has needs that, that we don't have even when we don't understand why they have those needs. And how is it that Jesus calls us to treat these people who are little? Nice. nice. With love, with compassion, with grace. The same love and kindness and niceness and compassion and grace that God shows us even when we're not lovable even when we don't deserve it, even when we do things that that hurt people around us. God loves us and tells us to do the same for everybody. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you tell us to love people. You tell us to share with people. You you tell us to, to do nice things for people, even when they're not being very lovable or very nice. And these are such simple things, but they are so hard. We ask that you be with us this week and help us to look for those people who might need that cold glass of water, who might need that kindness, who might need that love that you give us to give to them so that we can let them see you in us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you all for coming up. As, a, as so often happens with me, the children's sermon kind of hits the mark. You know, it's, the, it's, it's neat to preach a children's sermon because uh, you, can, you can speak very plainly in it. And I'm as smart-mouthed as I, as I admit that I can be. You know, the, those plain words are the ones that often speak the most clearly to me. You know, you don't get much simpler than God tells us to love people, so we should love people. Which people does God love? God loves everybody, and we try to learn to love who God loves. So who is it that we should love? Everybody. So simple. 
yet so hard. You know, especially when we have people who don't share our same desires, who don't share our same values, who don't share our same space, who don't share our same faith, who don't share our same idea about the way governments should work. And you don't even have to go outside of this county to get to all of those people, right? You know, it's, it's hard because it's, it's so easy most of the time to love people who love you. You know, sometimes we don't even have to go outside of our own family to find conflict. I, I probably don't have to find a second person to find conflict if I'm being really honest with you. But loving our neighbor, that's difficult. Because I, I like for things to be fair. And if I'm called to love people, then love isn't very fair when somebody's mean to me, is it? It's a hard lesson. You know, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is preparing to send the disciples out onto their first missionary journey, where they're going to go out into the community and they're going to preach what Jesus has given them. The kingdom of God has come near. And as we recall from last week and, and preceding weeks, you know, they don't go out taking a lot of things. He says, don't take a sand, an extra pair of sandals or a bag or an extra sack of gold or an extra robe. Take just the things that you need to walk. And when you come to a town, rely on their hospitality. You remember this? And if they show you hospitality, then stay with them. And if they don't show, t- show you hospitality, then shake the dust from off your sandals and go about your way and go to the next place, right? It's an interesting thing to think about what it means to accept hospitality, too. We, uh, we, we come up, in, most of us, in a church. You know, and in this place, we have a nice-looking building. We, we have a nice-looking building so that we can invite people to come here for the activities so that we can have the things that we need to do ministry readily accessible, so that we can have, and I thank God every day for this, air conditioning so that we can do ministry in relative comfort. You know, we, we have this nice space, this nice place where we can bring people in. But what do we do when there's an entire community out there who is hungering and thirsting to hear these words of life, these words of grace, these words of hope, these words of transformation that we have the opportunity to hear every week that through the waters of baptism, the activity of the Spirit, through the bread and wine of communion that nourishes us, through the word that influences us and drives us, through the Spirit who calls us out of these doors to be a light for the community. What do we do when so many people out there aren't able to hear this message that we hear and hear. As I read the gospel these last couple weeks, the thing that I'm driven to remember is that Jesus doesn't call the disciples to invite. Jesus calls the disciples to rely on the hospitality of strangers. It's a, it's a kind of uncomfortable concept for our modern church because we like where we are. But I think today I hear the same gospel call to us too. Sure, we, it's good to have things here in the building and to invite people to come to our nice space. But Jesus calls us to be guests. Jesus calls us to go out into the community and be among God's people where they are. Jesus calls us to go out into the community and take the good news to where these people are who aren't in here. And for Lutherans, that might be especially tough because we we tend to be pretty set in our ways. But as as we hear what Jesus is telling his disciples, 
we, we come to understand that what the church is might be different from the way we've always done it. And for me, again, I like air conditioning. Again, I like comfort too. Again, I don't like being out among new people any more than anyone else because I don't know how to act. You know, when I was in college, there was always that one guy who, who threw parties every week. And, and that was me. You know, and I'm, and I'm not one of those people who says, I, I wandered away from Jesus, and then I found Jesus. I knew where Jesus was, and he and I had a pretty good relationship. I just knew that when I went to, when I went to other people's houses, I felt uncomfortable. It was much more comfortable for me to have other people over. I knew the rules. I knew what I was allowed to do, what I wasn't allowed to do. Playing host is really comfortable because you get to, you get to have people tell you how much fun they had at your house. You get to hear people tell you, you know, what, what good snacks and beverages you had. You get to hear people talk and tell stories about what they did while they were at your place. One of the reasons I got into leadership in church and in, all, in almost every activity I've ever been a part of is because I spend my entire life feeling like I'm somehow outside of the rest of the group. Not that people exclude me, but because my anxiety and because my nervousness and because my fear, they tell me, you know, if you weren't here, nobody would notice anyway. You know, what are you even doing here? You know, I, I tend to, when I'm not in charge of something, I tend to be more toward the wall because I don't really know what to say or how to act. You know, I... Believe it or not, I'm someone who gets social anxiety. It is weird for me to be a guest. But as a host, I know what to do, and I always did. I knew what it was to be a leader in band in ROTC. I understood what it was to be a pastor in terms of being the host, because when I'm a pastor in a congregation, even when I don't belong in this congregation as a member, I walk in and I know, I know what my place is, and I understand what my role is, and I understand what I'm supposed to do. Now, I may not stand in all the right places all the time, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Being a host is a wonderful, marvelous, holy thing. But Jesus tells the disciples how good it is to be a guest. Because when you're a guest, it means that you carry with you only those things that are really internal to you. You really begin to figure out who you are. You know, I remember going to my grandparents' house for the first time that's in memory, and the first thing I did was walk to their fridge, because that's what I do in my house. I walk to my fridge, and mom and dad said, we're going to your grandparents' house, and they're like your other parents, and I said, great. And so I went to their fridge, and my grandmother said, you need to ask permission first. Oh, okay. You know, I remember walking, I, I was awkward as a kid. I remember walking into the house, and it was around my birthday, and I saw some woman that I've never met walk in with an armful of presents. And I said, it's so nice of you to bring presents for me. And she said, these presents aren't for you. And I think we've all had that queasy, sick, kind of nervous feeling in our stomach. And those words that we replay over and over again because we feel so dumb that we just can't let go of them. It's hard to be a guest. It's hard to be in, in some place where you don't really know what all the rules are. You know, I remember my first day at college when... I walked onto USC campus and, you know, holy ground. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't really know anybody. And I, and I didn't know what to do or where to go. I, I barely knew where my classes were with a map. And because I took a year or two off after high school, I ended up running into a friend of mine, who, a friend of my little brothers, who invited me to sit with them at lunch. You know, I, 
I knew who they were because I knew my brother hung out with them, but I didn't know them. And it was, it was weird being nervous when I was used to being the older guy with them. And all of a sudden, I was exploring a new role and a new relationship and, and trying to figure out my way. It's hard to be the guest. So I, I think that might be why Jesus told the disciples that it's important for them to be guests, to go into towns and rely on their hospitality, to go into towns and learn their custom, to go into towns and learn their expressions and their inside jokes and become a part of who they are, and to be in their houses and learn what they do in their houses and what they eat and where they sleep and what their, what their daily rituals are, because it's only when we're able to speak in the language of somebody who we now know that we can tell them those things that are most important. You know, everywhere the gospel has traveled, it's, it's changed a little bit what the church looks like. You know, the, the church in first century Palestine where the Israelites were, you know, it looked different than the church when it spread with Paul to Greece, which looks different when it spread to Africa, which looked different than when it spread to Europe, which looks different now that it's in America. And everywhere you go, the gospel is the same, but the church is a little bit different because we have a need to hear things in our own language. We have a need to hear things in our own culture. We have a need to hear things in a way that we're able to understand them from people who care enough to understand us. I think that's the other thing that is so important about Jesus sending the disciples to be guests is by staying with the people who were strangers, who become friends, we demonstrate the very first thing that the gospel teaches us. The very first thing almost that God does after he creates Adam. It's not good for the man to be alone. We're created for relationship. We're created for community. And we're created to create community together. And in that community, we learn how to demonstrate that we value people for who they are, not just for what we can get out of them. And sometimes that's kind of like being that's kind of what being a host becomes, right? I, I remember in, in a congregation I belonged to and we were doing some outreach and we were, we were in the neighborhood and we were feeling really good about ourselves and someone said, well, why are we doing all this? We haven't seen anybody come to our church. We haven't gotten a single member out of this. Is it worth doing if we're not getting members? And I remember my response was, well, I don't know. It depends on why you're doing it, doesn't it? Why do we do what we do? Is it because we hope that people are going to come and fill our pews? Sometimes. Let's be really honest. We like the lights and we like the building. You know, but why do we do what we do? Is it because of what they can do for us? Or do we do what we do because God has commanded us to do something for the world? It's a, this is a hard gospel. This is a, this is a hard portion of Matthew because it challenges so much within me that tells me that there is a way to do church that keeps me pretty comfortable. But that's not the way God calls me to be. God calls me to go to places where I'm not comfortable, with among people who I don't know, in places where maybe I haven't been. Some of the most interesting ministry I've done was when I was doing hospice chaplaincy. The neat thing about hospice chaplaincy is you never know what family you're going to get, where they're going to live, what religion they're going to be, you know, what kind of food they cook, what, you don't know anything about them. But the neat thing about chaplaincy was I got to go in and join them on their walk with God, wherever that walk with God was leading them, and 
help them to understand how to live into that in a way that makes sense to them. The, the place where I learned that probably the most clearly was with a, was with a Vietnamese family. And they practiced a, a religion, and I, I can't recall the name offhand, but it was a mixture of, of Vietnamese Buddhism and sort of a, a brand of Christianity that was something kind of new and certainly different than anything that I was used to. And it wasn't particularly Christian in the way that I understand as a, as a Lutheran, you know. But it rhymed enough. And what I was able to see in them was a faithfulness and a sincerity that helped me learn more about what it means to be, to, for me to be a faithful person. That's what being in these uncomfortable spaces does for us who are called to preach the gospel, who are called to preach that the kingdom of God has come near. It doesn't always teach us anything necessarily about our theology, but it helps us to understand who we are. It helps us to understand what's really important. It helps us to understand who God is calling us to be when we take risks, when we get out of our comfort zone. So Pastor Sean's probably going to call me and say, what in the heck did you say to my congregation? But, but I want to I give you all a challenge. As, as we're celebrating our long weekend this weekend, find some people you don't know and see if you can make friends with them. As, as you think about what it means to be the church here at St. Matthias, find out what it is that this neighborhood needs. And, and how you might be able to serve that. Go find your neighbors and get to know them if you don't know them already. Go figure out what it is that God is calling this congregation to do, this congregation to be. What is the gospel that God has planted in your hearts that your community needs to hear? And not just because you'd like to see people in the pews, even though that would be nice, but because of what it can change in your hearts and in your understanding of what it means to be the church what it means to be people of God, what it, what it means to be people who follow Jesus. Jesus calls us to be uncomfortable so that the world might change around us. And the first place we see that change is within us. Amen.